Matt Harrison, Chris Rosebro, Aaron Wolf, Peter Bender, Todd Peppercorn, and Terry Mattingly will be speaking at the 2017 Issues Etc. Making the Case Conference Friday, June 9th and Saturday, June 10th in Collinsville, Illinois, about 15 miles east of St. Louis. Registration is $120. For more information, visit issuesetc.org. The Issues Etc. Making the Case Conference June 9th and 10th in Collinsville, Illinois. Issuesetc.org. Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. Brian Houston is arguably the most influential pastor on the planet right now. His Australia church, Hillsong, has its influence not only by way of its music, but by way of its teaching in dozens of churches, probably hundreds if you count those outside the circle of Hillsong Incorporated. And Brian Houston has a teaching called You Are the One. It's the subject of this week in Pop American Christianity on this Friday afternoon, March the 3rd. Pastor Chris Rosebro joins us. He's pastor of Consfinger Lutheran Church in Oslo, Minnesota, and host of a daily internet talk show called Fighting for the Faith. Chris, welcome back. Thanks for having me back, Todd. Is it significant that Bryant Houston delivered this teaching, You Are the One, on what was it called, Vision Sunday, something like that? Yeah, it was delivered on Vision Sunday, and um, this has become a, a major part of the uh, the seeker-driven and even charismatic movement, uh, their their church year. I mean, here we are in Lenten Tide, and, and they generally, sometime early in the year, uh, they, they, they engage in this concept of casting vision. And, uh, and the way this supposedly works is, is that God is given some unifying message or mission for uh, a particular church or congregation or a particular focus that he wants for that church. And then the job of the vision casting leader is to cast that vision so that people will catch the vision and then uh, employ their skills and their time and their efforts and their focus on making that mission come about. But this was one of the most bizarre vision Sundays I've ever heard. Um, It was as if, um, well, Brian Houston was purposely trying to inculcate a very me-centered, almost narcissistic focus in the people who were listening to his message. And is it safe to say that what Brian Houston says on any given Sunday, much less Vision Sunday, down there in Australia, is not only heard by, but picked up and carried by dozens and dozens, if not hundreds, of churches elsewhere? Oh, yeah. There's there's the whole There's a whole groups of churches whose vision casting leaders want to be like Brian Houston. And don't forget that uh, very recently, Trinity Broadcasting Network, in an effort to kind of like upgrade its look, um, launched uh, in partnership with Hillsong what's called the Hillsong Channel. So uh, Hillsong, the the Hillsong brand has its own TBN uh, partnership uh, religious broadcasting Christian channel. And uh, and and this is you know th- these guys are literally the trend centers and the message setters for much of evangelicalism. So what are we going to hear first from the famous Brian Houston? So we're going to listen to the opening portion of this sermon first and uh, see if we can figure out where he's going. I mean, in, in the churches we serve, we begin with actually reading out uh, at, you know several texts from a, the assigned lectionary, whether you 
follow the first the one year lectionary or the uh, three year lectionary. Uh, you, the, the idea is is that when you come to church, you're, you're going to hear an Old Testament text, you're going to hear an Epistle text, you're going to hear the Gospel text, and the pastor's going to preach on one of these texts. But with Brian Houston, he you never know where he's going to go, and he doesn't start with the biblical text. But already we can tell that there's some red flags in the message that he's giving here. I'll I'll let him explain. You are the one. That's what I'm speaking about. You are the one. I can already hear people hearing that and having an attitude that says, well, I'm not the one. It's not about me. It's not about us. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. And of course, we know it's all about Jesus. But I say it again. You are the one. You are the one. Imagine you're in an airplane, one of those movies where there's just... One person in a plane with a pilot and the pilot has a heart attack and dies or something calamitous happens to them and now you are the one. I mean, there ain't anybody else there. You are the one. So with a spiritual attitude that some people have, I can imagine them not only praying, but saying, God, I'm just gonna rest. I know you can fly this plane. And he's done it before. Jesus has come in human form before, but it's unlikely that God is gonna come sit in the driver's seat and fly that plane. You are the one. Yes, it's all about Him. No doubt we're going to be crying out to Him. God, no doubt about that. But you're the one. I don't know about you, but I'd be trying to work out how to talk to that control tower as quickly as I could, hoping that some way, somehow, along with the grace of God, I can find a way to land this plane. So you're the one. In the Old Testament, God was the one. Have a look at Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. There's one God. The Old Testament, God is the one Lord. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. In the Gospels, we also know Jesus is the way. What does he say in John 14, verse six? He says, I am the way, the truth and the life. Anyone who comes to the Father comes by me. Jesus is saying, I am the only path. I am the only way to God. I am the one. And then in the book of Acts, that's where you become the one. Okay, you had mentioned a moment ago, Chris, that ordinarily preachers have a biblical text. He threw in a couple near the end there, but what in the world is he getting at? Yeah, that's kind of the question. Um, and and I wanted to start with this bite just because already the way he heads off in this sermon, uh, the, the question is, what's the problem that he's solving? What's the biblical text he's exegeting? And he's not really exegeting a text. And over and over and over again, we hear that refrain, you're the one, you're the one, you're the one. And he, he and he even deals with the you know the hypothetical objector saying well it's all, it's about Jesus it's not about me and then he says yeah but it's you're the one and so we got a problem here in that is is that it doesn't quite feel right he's heading in a direction that we're not comfortable with he's proof texting and then the way he proof texts he starts with the uh, you know the shema in uh, Deuteronomy and then goes to Jesus, and that says, you see, in, in, in the Old Testament it was God, then it was Jesus, and then now, in, now with the book of Acts, you're the one. I'm the one for what? 
is the question. You know, what do you mean I'm the one? I mean, am I the sinner? Am I the guilty one? Am I the one Christ died for? What do you mean I'm the one? And that's the thing is he keeps hanging it out there in a way that is not very specific and kind of leaves room for you to kind of put your own interpretation on it. But as the sermon progresses, it's going to get worse. Um, so we've noted that he's kind of somewhat referenced a couple of biblical texts, but he hasn't actually quoted them. But wait till you hear what he does with the story of um, of uh, Nathan the prophet having his conversation with uh, King David. I mean, that that's going to be a fascinating thing, because in that passage in Second Samuel 12, in that story, we actually hear Nathan say to David, you're the one, but watch what, what Brian Houston does with this, because you were already uncomfortable, but it's going to get worse with how he really brings Scripture to bear on this, you're the one message. God has always used a man. He has always used a woman. To David, listen to this, when he's about to be anointed. First Samuel chapter 16, verse 12. And the Lord says to Samuel, arise and anoint David, for this is the one. He was the one. And here's the incredible thing to me. Do you know, even after David blew it, even after David sinned, even after David committed adultery and had messed things up so badly, but with a heart for God and a repentant heart, he was still the one. This is what 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 7 and 8 says. Then Nathan said to David, you are the one. Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I anointed you king over Israel and I delivered you, the Scripture says, I anointed you and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your keeping and gave you the house of Israel and Judah. And if that had been too little, I also would have given you much more. He's saying, you are the one. You are not disqualified from still being the one, even when you mess up, even when you feel shame, even when you feel that perhaps you've lost your way. If you have a heart that cries out to God, you understand the spirit of repentance. You do not have to disqualify yourself by getting off course. You are the one. You are the one. Chris, I'm uh, even more confused. You've got about a minute here before we take a break. At least get us started on trying to reverse engineer what he's doing there? Yeah, I, I think he's trying to fill people's heads with uh, themselves rather than Christ. And the real tip-off here is how he's uh, using the story from 2 Samuel 12, where the prophet Nathan confronts uh, King David regarding his adultery and the murder of Uriah the Hittite, the, uh, the husband of Bathsheba. And he omits the opening portion of 2 Samuel 12, where, you know, it basically is, it spells out that the Lord sent Nathan uh, to David because he was displeased with what he had done. And Nathan is going to confront David with his sin. And he starts off by telling a parable about a poor fellow who owned a, you know, a little lamb that was like a daughter to him, but his rich neighbor ended up barbecuing it. Um, when uh, when he had you know relatives come in from out of town, and David was so incensed, he said that the man who did this deserves to die. And the turn is in verse seven when Nathan says 
to David, you're the one, you're the man, you're the guy who barbecued that lamb. And so, you know, the way Brian Houston's telling the story, it's as if Nathan was saying, don't worry, you know, you may have blown it, but you're still the one. That's not what Nathan was saying at all. And so this is some really dangerously narcissistic teaching going on here. Pastor Chris Rosebro is our guest. It's This Week in Pop American Christianity. Today we're talking about Brian Houston's teaching. You are the one delivered on the all-significant Vision Sunday at Hillsong in Australia. We'll be right back. This is a message for members of Thrivent Financial for Lutherans. Thrivent Financial has a charitable grant program called Thrivent Choice. Thrivent Choice allows you to designate charitable outreach funds to Lutheran Public Radio. For more information, look for the Thrivent logo under the Donate page of our website, issuesetc.org, or ask your Thrivent representative about Thrivent Choice. Help support the worldwide outreach of Issues Etc. with Thrivent Choice. Your pastor has been called to shepherd you as a member of Christ's flock. Doxology offers an innovative program of advanced study retreats where your pastor can be refreshed, renewed, and refocused. Find out more at doxology.us. Many pastors report that doxology has been one of the most valuable learning experiences since seminary. Doxology, the Lutheran Center for Spiritual Care and Counsel. Doxology.us doxology.us It's not about you. It's about Jesus for you. You're listening to Issues Etc. Metro East Lutheran High School in Edwardsville, Illinois engages young adults in a Christ-centered environment, delivering academic excellence and spiritual growth to develop Christian leaders for tomorrow. We provide a Christ-focused alternative to public high schools. Many of our students receive tuition assistance. To help us provide tuition assistance to more students, Go to melhs.org and click on the giving page or call me, Dr. J. Krause, principal at 618-656-0043. Celebrate the 500th anniversary of the Reformation with the new Martin Luther plush figure. It features the 16th century reformer holding the Bible and Luther's morning and evening prayers. Go to reformationgear.com, use the coupon code ISSUESETC, and 20% of your purchase will help support the worldwide outreach of issues, etc. ReformationGear.com, the new Martin Luther plush figure, ReformationGear.com, and enter the coupon code ISSUESETC. Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. Pastor Chris Rosebro is our guest, host of the daily internet talk show called Fighting for the Faith. It's This Week in Pop American Christianity on this Friday afternoon, talking about Brian Houston of Hillsong Church, teaching you are the one. So he has taken the words straight out of the prophet Nathan's mouth that were intended as law to David, who had somehow deluded himself, couldn't even see this paper-thin parable that Nathan comes telling him that it was all about that this was a condemnation of David's own sin. He's taken those words, you are the man, and he's 
turn them into some kind of absolution for David. Right. Now, it's not that there wasn't an absolution for David. There was, but it's a little later in the text, um, you know, where basically after confronting him with his sin, David says, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan literally says, the Lord has put away your sin. You will not die, although he deserved to. So he turns the you're the one into the absolution, which was which you're right. It was a word of law, not gospel. And he turns it into gospel. And somehow it's gospel so expansive that it means that me listening now in the 21st century, I am the one in the way David's the one. And so God bless David with you know, with wives and children and all these blessings and power and might. And so God's going to do that for me, too, because, I mean, after all, I'm the one, just the way David was the one. And this is no way to read Scripture. This is—I'm going to be blunt. This is demonic. And the reason I say that, in uh, in Isaiah chapter 14, we get a, a really wonderful picture of— the devil and the way the devil thinks. The devil is all about himself. And uh, here's what it says in Isaiah 14, verse 12. Oh, you, how you have fallen from heaven, O day star, son of the dawn, how you are cut down to the ground, you who laid low the nations. You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will be above the stars of God. I will set my throne on high, and I will sit on the mount of assembly in the far reaches of the north, and I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, and I will make myself like the Most High. But you are brought down to Sheol, to the farthest reaches of the pit. <laughs> yeah, th this is a picture of what it looks like, you know, in the devil's mind. And a good cross-reference also is when Jesus is tempted by the devil in the wilderness, and the devil literally has the audacity to say to Jesus, worship me and I will give you all of the kingdoms of the earth, right? And this is what Brian Houston is preaching, is nothing like Christ and is not any way for a Christian to be thinking. And the reason I say that is because Christ is so clear that those who would follow Jesus are the ones who deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow Christ. Our good works are not focused in on me and how important I am. Our good works are focused in on our neighbor for our neighbor's sakes. And we are exhorted in Scripture to love and serve our neighbors in our vocation and to do our good works for the sake of our neighbor, which is selflessness. Whereas what Brian Houston is inculcating in all of the people listening to him, in all of the Hillsong multi-site camp I, in all of the people watching him on Hillsong on the Hillsong channel. He's inculcating in them a complete narcissistic focus that makes me the center of the universe. I am the one. No, you are not. Christ is the one, and that's the problem here. He's not exalting Christ. He's exalting all of these people in their own hearts, and this is a formula for demonic disaster. Uh, real quick before we uh, hear our last bite from Brian Houston, he kind of wants to have it both ways, at least what I've heard so far is, yeah, Jesus is the one, yeah, yeah, it's all about Jesus, not about us, but it really is all about us. Can he have it both ways? 
No, he can't. That, and that he knows this. And one of the things uh, yeah, I think we should listen for when we hear a pastor preach is is that big but b u t. You know, we got to be careful how we spell this thing because those big buts have a tendency to erase the thing before him. So you, if you remember back to the bite, and if somebody wants to go back and re-listen, he sits there and goes, yeah, well, it is about Jesus, but. You see, in that kind of context, that use of that conjunction, but it's not about Jesus. It really isn't, and that's what he's saying, but it's really all about you. And so don't worry, Jesus isn't going to get in the way. He's not as important as you are in this context. Yeah, it's all about him, but, 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 it's about you. And see, when you use it that way, you're erasing the thing that comes before it. So even the way he's using the language in conjunction, he's he's doing lip service to Jesus being high and lifted up and it being about him. But he he really doesn't believe that. He's wanting everybody to know it's, well, you're the one, which is really crazy. And so in the next bite that we're going to listen to, now we'll start to get a little bit clearer as to what he means by you're the one. And we'll see that it's so far astride from anything Christ-like or what the scriptures would have us believe. It's not even funny. It's, it's, it's like demonically laughable. You can confidently say this year, I am the one. Can I give you those four confessions? Listen to them carefully. The first one is, I am the one. God's hand rests on me. The second one, I am the one positioned by God for maximum influence. The third one, I am the one carrying the glory of God. Amen. Oh, let's get excited in the house today. I am the one. I carry the glory of God. Let's see some action around here. All around Australia, all around the world. Come on, let's get excited. You are the one. I am the one. The hand of God is on our lives. Number four, is it? I am the one full of the Spirit of the Lord. Listen to them one more time. I am the one. God's hand rests on me. I am the one positioned for the purpose of God, for maximum influence. Three, I am the one. This is you speaking, carrying the glory of God. Four, I am the one, full of the power of God's Spirit. So imagine if globally we took that on. Imagine if no matter what we looked at, what was ahead of us, we understood that we are the one, that there are no coincidences. You're never just in that place at that time for no reason. That God puts you in situations because you are the one. And we at that time can be thinking, well, maybe that, who's gonna help? I mean, what's gonna happen? But you are the one. Can you imagine if we lived our whole year saying to opportunity, I am the one you are looking for. If we lived a whole year saying to promotion, I am the one you are expecting. Can you imagine walking through a door with that kind of godly confidence when promotion is on? I am the one you are expecting. Okay, that makes a lot clearer, Chris, but it's it's uh, that's pretty disturbing stuff, isn't it? Yeah, I think this is the theological equivalent of a selfie. Um, this, this is crazy. I mean, it, it almost sounds like a really bad pickup line too. It's like, Hey, there's opportunity over there. And you walk over up to opportunity and say, Hey, I'm the one, <laughs> you know, this, this is ridiculous. And notice the four confessions, you know, of, of, of regarding the, I'm the one he's literally teaching these people to confess these sentences. I'm the one. Well, in our churches, we confess 
the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, the, the Athanasian Creed. We confess the Augsburg Confession. These are our confessions. But you'll notice that in, like, the uh, the Nicene Creed, it, it, it seems to, well, be not focused on me at all, but on the one in whom I believe and trust. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father. And then it goes on to talk about the things that Christ did for us and for our salvation. It's as if he's the one. And so the, what Brian Houston is filling these people's heads with is not Christ and what he's done for them. He's not calling them to repentance of their sins and trust in Christ for the absolution and the forgiveness of their sins and then bearing fruit in keeping with repentance and good works for neighbor. No, that's not it at all. This is all about how important I am. And apparently, you know, one of these confessions is that I am the carrier of the glory of God. It makes you wonder what, what's he going to preach on Transfiguration Sunday? You know, to teach you how to let the glory within you shine out the way it shined out on Jesus when he was on the mount? I mean, this is, this is turning these people into literally false Christs, making them their own messiahs. And, oh, man, this is setting them up for a fall like you wouldn't believe. And the sad thing is all this is being done in the name of Christ, and yet Christ has nothing to do with what it is he's teaching. So with about 30 seconds here, Vision Sunday from Hillsong, essentially the Vatican for many, many, many megachurches across the world. This is tragic, isn't it? Oh, it's absolutely tragic because these people believe they're actually being taught something substantive about what Christianity teaches. They believe they're being discipled in the Christian faith, and the reality is is that they're actually being discipled in narcissistic doctrines of demons. That's literally what this is, and it has nothing whatsoever to do with Christianity. It's 180 degrees heading in the wrong direction. This is heading these people towards hell, not towards the gates of the New Jerusalem. Folks, Chris Rosebro will be joined by fellow speakers Matt Harrison, Terry Mattingly, Peter Bender, Aaron Wolf, and Todd Peppercorn at this summer's Issues Etc. Making the Case conference. Chris is going to be making the case against modern-day prophets and apostles. You can find out more and register at issuesetc.org. The Issues Etc. Making the Case conference, Friday, June 9th and Saturday, June 10th, in Collinsville, Illinois, about 15 miles east of St. Louis. Chris Rosebro is pastor of Consfinger Lutheran Church in Oslo, Minnesota, and host of the daily internet talk show called Fighting for the Faith. Chris, thank you very much. Thanks, Todd. In hour two of Issues Etc. on this Friday afternoon, we're going to talk about the season of Lent now that it's underway. Pastor Will Whedon, Director of Worship and Chaplain of the International Center of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, will be our guest. I'm Todd Wilkin, hour two of Issues Etc. in five minutes. Listen weekday afternoons to Pastor Todd Wilkin and guests on Issues Etc. Issues Etc. is a listener-supported program. Your financial support is vital for the continuation and expansion of this worldwide outreach. Our mailing address, Issues Etc., PO Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. 
You can also donate at our website, issuesetc.org. Issues Etc. is a production of LPR, Lutheran Public Radio. The Grace of God, the Church's Music, the Lord's Supper every service every Sunday, preaching Christ crucified and risen, our hope for years to come, there is hope in St. Louis, Hope Lutheran Church, that is. 5218 Neosho Street, St. Louis, Missouri. Find us on the web at hopelutheranstl.org.